Does a narcissist ever change? Can they ever get better? Is there any hope? He or she says that they're working on it, that they are getting help, and they even go to therapy sometimes. Well, how much time should I give them? How will I know if it's for real this time? I get asked this all the time, and I've talked with so many who are completely stuck because of these very questions. They say things like, I think he or she is getting better. Things have been calmer for quite a while. They're becoming more cooperative, nicer, giving me more attention. Maybe they actually get it this time. Maybe this time it will stick. Maybe, just maybe. So many victims of covert narcissistic abuse stay for years in an abusive marriage, all in the name of they are getting better. Progress, they call it, only to have the abuse return over and over. Each minuscule step of progress just erases each round of bad behavior. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. I am talking about pseudo-recovery or performative recovery. This is when someone goes through the actions of recovery, but none of it is actually taken to heart. They show signs of being in recovery, just enough to convince you of it, but not enough for it to be genuine recovery. When you are living in the fog of covert narcissistic abuse, each round of bad behavior seems to stand alone. Every single event stands alone in your mind and is not part of a pattern. This makes it far easier to make all of those excuses that we make over and over. You know, this time he's upset because, you know, his stress level, it's, it's pretty high at work. And, and I know that work is really busy right now, so, you know, this time it makes sense. Or this time he's upset because he isn't feeling well. You know, we all struggle when we're not feeling well, so I can understand that. This time he's upset because I stayed out too late with my friend, and I know better than that. I should have told him. It's okay for him to be upset about that. On and on, the excuses and justifications go. In these constant rounds of bad behavior, good behavior, we do not see the cycle. We see a straight line of bad behaviors that have nothing to do with each other. This one happened for that reason, this one happened for this reason, and so on, and so we don't see any correlations or patterns. Well, in between these bouts of bad behavior, we might talk with them. We try to explain how they've hurt us and how their treatment of us or of the kids is not okay. Victims of covert narcissistic abuse are convinced that if you just had the right words, then your abuser will stop and make it right and fix it like from here forward. But we get these brief glimpses of good behavior. And when we get mad enough, upset enough, reactive enough, distant enough, whatever, they finally show some signs of listening to us. Well, this usually happens when they want you back in their life. You know, it's when they sense that you're close to leaving them or they sense that you're pulling away and they become afraid that they're going to lose you or maybe they even want you back in bed. Regardless, they want something and it's a form of love bombing. They tell you that, you know, you are right and, and that they need, to, they need to work on it and they say things like, I'm such a bad person and how can you ever forgive me? I don't deserve you and how can you put up with me? I heard this for years, even though the bad behavior always came back. They may acknowledge their behavior. They say they're working on it. They promise to do better and they sound so genuine. And as I have said before, their desire to do better and be better is often genuine. My husband loved to go to the library. 
He bought, brought books home all the time that he never even opened. Um, he just returned them unread. And during one of these episodes of supposed discovery or, or pseudo-recovery, he brought home books that were on love languages, uh, being emotionally available, as well as various books on like self-help, book, self-help books on becoming a better person. Well, I saw these and I thought, wow, finally. I'm so glad that he's putting in the effort now. That's great. I should give him the space that he needs to work on him. So I backed off. I worked hard to make his environment peaceful and easy. He was doing important work on himself. I need to take care of everything else so that he can focus on that. And and that's the compassionate side of me that makes sense. I would want him to be able to focus on him. I wanted it more than anything. I need to keep things calm for him so that he isn't distracted or upset. After all, he's in recovery. Now, recovery is an interesting word. Seeing him and being in recovery gave me hope. It gave me something to hang on to. It was a far better feeling than having a husband who was completely unaware and abusive. This was easier to process, easier to handle. However, being in recovery is kind of an interesting place. Are your behaviors better or not? How much progress is enough? How much is expected? Who gets to decide? So one week of good behavior, maybe that was my normal before the bad behavior. So now that he's in recovery, okay, it's two weeks. But then he gets to treat me badly all over again, like nothing ever changed. And when they do, you have to forgive them. After all, they're in recovery. He's working on it. He's getting better. You can't expect them to be perfect, can you? Everyone in recovery has some relapses. You have to be patient. They aren't going to get it just right the first time or the second or the third and so on. But it can easily become a crutch, an excuse to just continue treating you the way they're treating you. You know, they're going to make some mistakes, but that's okay because now they're trying. Now they're putting in the effort. Well, this is a wonderful deal for them. All my husband had to do was grab a few books from the library that he never even read Tell me he was working to improve himself, and I poured a ton of effort into making his life easier for him. I'll fix dinner now so that you can have more time to go read your books. I'll take care of the kids so that you can, you know, self-reflect and grow. Was he? Of course not. He was playing games on his phone just like he always did. But he left the books around for me to see. He even would tell me about the books, some mentioning different parts of them. But however, in the midst of all of this... He continued to treat the boys and me badly. He continued to be hyper-defensive about everything, thinking that we were always out to get him, working so hard to prove us wrong in everything we did or said, trapping us in circular conversations, blaming us for everything, and telling us that we were wrong over and over and over. But if I called him out on any of it, if I spoke up, if I defended myself or the boys, he would throw it in my face that he was working on it. He even said to me once, I can't change overnight. You need to be more patient. This was after months, even years, of these very same conversations. Well, how long does someone need to be in recovery before you start to see improvement? This had been going on for so long. Not only was there no improvement, it was actually getting worse. And now he had yet another excuse for why I couldn't be mad at him. Why I couldn't expect better behavior from him. He was in, you know, pseudo-recovery. And recovery takes time. It just became yet another crutch to him. 
while it is true that no one can change overnight, they can make progress overnight. They can take significant steps overnight. They can, you know, even get started, actually genuinely started overnight. Now, not only did I pour all this effort into creating a peaceful environment for him while he was in recovery, but when he did slip back to his old ways, I now was so incredibly fast to offer sympathy, understanding, and forgiveness. These things felt, feel good to me. That's who I am. I, 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 forgiveness feels good to me. And if, he, if I can believe that he's in recovery, then you better believe I'm quick to jump on that forgiveness path. He received my unending support and encouragement, feeding yet again his unsaturable, insaturable need for supply. I was so incredibly eager to fix it all for him. After all, I didn't want him to get mad at himself and give up on the self-improvement. I desperately did not want him to go backwards in the process. Little did I know he wasn't even on the path that I thought he was on. He had not even gotten up from his chair at the starting gate. So I would say to him, you know, oh, honey, it's okay. Everyone slips sometimes. You've been working so hard to get better. And he would play on that. I'm so bad. I'm such a mean person. How are you ever going to love me? And I would pour in my heart. You're, you're allowed to mess up. I would stroke his ego so much in desperate hope that he would continue working on his recovery. As I've already said, he wasn't actually working on it. And, and I mean, okay, was he actually working on it? I guess I truly cannot answer that. I don't know how much of the books he actually read. I don't know if he, you know, what he actually really thought about them. But I do know how he was treating me. And I do know how he was treating our boys. The cycles of bad behavior simply just continued. Sometimes worse, sometimes not as bad, but always there. The one thing I could always count on in my marriage was that the bad behavior would return. The circular conversations, the gaslighting, the blaming, the stomping on my feelings and on our boys' feelings. There would always be another round. Before I truly realized this, I clung to his moments of progress. What I saw as progress, I convinced myself that he was getting better, that he was maturing and learning as he grew older, that he was self-reflecting and making changes. When we really want to believe something, we can convince ourselves of anything. As I've said before, this is projection. I believed these things about him because I believed them about myself. I was maturing. I was learning as I grew. I knew I was. I was self-reflecting. I was making changes. I was acknowledging my mistakes. Since I do this, he must do it. Doesn't everyone? In my head, he said he was working on it. He told me that he wanted to be better. Forget that in the heat of the moment, he ripped me apart with his words. That he straight up told me it was all my fault. That I'm an angry and mean person. Forget that he told me that I'm stupid and can't even remember the conversation right. That it's a wonder I can even function in my day. That I can't cook food right. I can't dress right. I can't teach our kids right. I can't drive right, work right, sleep right. On and on the list goes. But he comes back and apologizes. I'm such a horrible person. Can you ever forgive me? Over-the-top, sappy apologies. But they say they want to be better. They're working on it. And all of a sudden, the bad behavior is erased in my mind. What choice do you have? We're taught, taught that someone, when someone apologizes, we must accept it. We've also been shown much in our life that there is, you know, 
no accountability then. We accept their apology, forget the bad behavior, and act like nothing ever happened. And I actually go one step further and now tell them that it's understandable they even slipped up in the first place. We make all the excuses for them. I was giving him all the justifications he needed to treat me badly with my very own words. So what is pseudo-recovery? It's like a performing art. It's a show. A show of being in recovery, but the show is not reality. They talk the talk, saying all the right words, even crying the right tears at the right time. But the deep, ugly work of recovery just isn't there. Recovery requires vulnerability, something they never have, they're not able to have. It requires genuine self-reflection and honesty, again, something that a covert narcissist just cannot do. So when you think that your toxic and manipulative par partner is in recovery for their own background and for all the pain that they've caused you, take a minute and look at the cycles of the relationship. If the cycle of abuse keeps looping around, then you might need to truly question if they are in recovery or in pseudo-recovery. Recovery that's full of excuses and justifications. Recovery for the purpose of gaining more attention and more supply. How do you know the difference? Your heart already knows. As you do the healing work, you will better be able to hear it and trust it. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to visit our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you can find many resources that are available just for you to gain more clarity and understanding. You're also welcome to email me at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, -E, at CNGLifeCoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I look forward to hearing from you.